Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. We are back with another episode, and this time I'm talking to Charlotte Cho, who is honestly a low-key beauty legend. This woman is such a hard worker, but she is kind of the force behind the reason Korean beauty is so big in the United States. I think she is one of the most impressive women I've talked to. She is behind Soko Glam, which is an online retailer for Korean beauty. She has her own line. Then I met you. There's the community, the clog. She's done so much, but her passion for skincare just comes through so strongly, but also her passion for Korea, as well as how she got into skincare. I love learning how people get into skincare because I do think it's a journey. And as I was listening back to this episode with Charlotte, I started reflecting on my own journey with skincare. So I actually got really into skincare through my hair. When I went natural back in 2012, meaning I didn't put any chemical products in my hair like to straighten it, I didn't use relaxer. I basically said, okay, I'm going to wear my hair naturally as it grows out of my head. I got into the natural hair movement. And that's when I started watching all of these YouTube videos, reading all of these articles and blogs and going in message boards and forums and learning how to take care of my natural hair. And that's where I discovered natural ingredients. That's when I started getting into, okay, can I melt down some shea butter and put that into my hair as a mask? Can I seal the ends of my hair with argan oil? Can I add grapeseed oil to my twist outs to make them more moisturized? And I basically realized that when I would do my at-home DIY hair masks, whether that was blending an avocado and banana and yogurt and putting that in my hair, or again, using all of these natural oils, I saw how much my hair benefited and how much my hair was growing and thriving. And yes, I went to the drugstore and I bought the Shea Moisture and I bought all of the brands that were sold in stores, but I could see a really big difference in my hair and the health of my hair when I would do these natural treatments. I can honestly remember spending six hours in a single day making my own henna treatments. Henna is a powder that's sold, and this is also when I got into Ayurvedic beauty, but I would basically take henna, add water, add some oil, mix it up, let it sit. You'd have to let it sit for a certain amount of hours and you would apply it to your hair. You could also do a henna conditioning gloss where you would add a little bit of conditioner as well, but I would do the straight up henna treatment. You would let that sit in your hair for hours at a time, then you would rinse it out and then you'd have to follow up with another deep conditioner because henna is a protein treatment. But after I would do a full day of doing this henna hair treatment, I would see how much stronger my hair was. Obviously, the color benefits were beautiful. So I had this beautiful kind of reddish tint to my hair, but I saw, okay, if I invest the time in teaching myself how to do these things, learning what the ingredients are and studying the impact of it on my hair, then I will benefit. And so I slowly but surely began to trickle that down into my skincare because it makes sense. Your hair, your skin, It's all a part of us. And I think that your skin really benefits from natural ingredients too. So I started thinking about, okay, the same grapeseed oil and argan oil that I'm using on my hair, I can probably use on my skin as well. And I would go to these same blogs and forums and start to like Google and understand what DIY serums I could make and how I could begin to make my own body creams and how I could begin to make my own face masks. And that's when I really, really fell in love with skincare. And I look back on this time so fondly. It was such a magical journey, self-educating, learning about my skin, learning about skincare, 
learning what different ingredients did what and what the benefits were. And I love when I hear from you listeners and you say that you're kind of on your skincare obsession journey now. And if Naked Beauty can be a part of any of you getting more into skincare or just maybe you're already obsessed and you're going deeper, that makes me so happy to hear because it's just fun, right? Like once you get into it, it's like the learning never stops. The passion never stops. And Charlotte is someone who knows so much and has really dedicated her career towards creating phenomenal skincare products, as well as building community around skincare. So I just loved talking to her. Stay tuned towards the end of the episode for the takeaways. I'll be doing those each episode for you guys. And yeah, just enjoy. Send this podcast episode to a friend of yours who's obsessed with skincare or someone else who loves K-beauty, and maybe they will love it too. Subscribe to the podcast if you're not subscribed. New episodes every Monday. Naked Beauty Planet is the community on Instagram. That's where we talk about all things beauty all the time. And I'm at Brooke DeVard on all social platforms. Guys, I ask my guests to pick their favorite song, like a early 2000s jam for the beginning of each of each episode. So these amazing songs that you hear, these are chosen by my guests. And Charlotte picked a fave of mine, Alicia Keys' Fallen. Let's get into it. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm sitting here with Charlotte Cho, founder of SoCo Glam, and then I met you, and The Clog. Wow. And an author <laughs> of an incredible book. So I'm so excited to have you on because I feel like we have stuff in common. We're both dry skin queens. Are you a Leo as well? Yes, okay, I Okay, both Leos. <laughs> love it. That's amazing. And you love double cleansing? Love double cleansing. <laughs> love a thorough skincare routine. So I'm so excited to have you on and to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really honored. Growing up, you grew up in Los Angeles. Yep. You weren't necessarily into skincare at a young age. Nope. I would say that I I did not listen to any of my mother's tips. <laughs> I thought she was crazy. I was more interested in really fancy designer jeans or just going out to the beach and definitely not using sunscreen because I wanted a deeper tan. Oh my gosh. And this is like LA, like hot sun every day. Yeah. No sunscreen. I just didn't care for it. I thought that it maybe would break me out. You know, I was just lazy. I didn't <laughs> I didn't wash my face at night. Oh, my yeah. God. And your mom is from Korea. My mom is from Korea, immigrated 35 years ago. Okay. So was she horrified? Like, Well, she just would nag me about it. Yeah. Like, no one else is doing it. My friends are not doing right. it. Right. Your American friends were just yeah. 
going to sleep with makeup on. And I'm I'm super young. I don't have to care about it right now. So yeah. it just wasn't top of mind for me. And, yeah. you know, rebellious teenagers. Yeah, exactly. Really <laughs> exactly. Listening to moms. And also, I think I was just focused on makeup. You know, I just mm-hmm. I felt like covering up my blemishes was actually faster and easier than mm-hmm. taking care of my skin. And honestly, when I'd flip through all the magazines or um, whatever, you know, content I could find when I was younger, they weren't really talking about skincare. It True. was too complicated. Yeah. It's a more recent thing now. I think that people are obsessed with skincare, yeah. which I thank God that people are now focusing on the skin and not just oh, definitely. covering up. So you have no real skincare routine, but then you go to Seoul yes. for a job. I also moved to London after college because I went to work at Nokia. Okay. A Samsung competitor. Wow. We <laughs> this do was, have a very similar I know, path. But I just wanted to live abroad. So Same I wasn't, here. yeah. So like it wasn't like I moved to work in Nokia. It was a fabulous job, fabulous company, but. It was a yeah. reason, a means to live yes. abroad, right? Yes. But you get to South Korea and I'm sure everyone has a skincare routine, right? Definitely was shocked at the amount of knowledge people had about their skin, whether you're female or male, yes. whatever age you were, they just knew their skin type. They knew what products worked for them best, mm-hmm. what ingredients that they were really into at that certain time to fix whatever skin ailment they may have or whatever concerns they have or goals they have. So it was really eye-opening for me and I thought they were crazy. <laughs> my, my, my Korean native friends came over to my house and they saw that I had a bar of soap and like one basic moisturizer. Oh my God. And they were, and they were like, like, what's Charlotte, the rest of your routine? No, what are you doing? <laughs> and so it was really um, funny because when you get close to someone in Korea, they kind of make fun of you like they're your sister or brother. Like, okay, I love you would that. be shocked if, in, 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 I guess, even at, in the workplace, at Samsung where I worked, they would just be like, dude, you gained some weight. Like, really? it, it would be like your sister, you know, someone really yeah. close yeah. would say that to you. And I'd be like, shoot that would be not okay in the u.s right. but they would just laugh it off and mm-hmm. it was just very upfront yeah which i kind of like that culture a little bit i'm into that and so they would tell me man you know charlotte's skincare routine she has none and she kind they kind of like poke fun at me and they go she's never been to a korean sauna she's never had her body exfoliated they like treated me like a savage <laughs> <laughs> and so um it was fun i i took it in stride i learn from them and I got obsessed because literally on every corner in Seoul you see a ton of beauty shops and it was so accessible like you got like a sheet mask for two dollars and it just didn't make it feel daunting at all so it was such an easy way to kind of fall into this crazy habit (laughs) and get into your like skincare obsession I went to Seoul once and I was struck by how so there's like the ingrained beauty culture where you're taught at a young age to take care of your skin and like avoid direct sunlight and moisturize and do all of those things. But then there's also just like the swagginess element. Like Mm -hmm. I have never seen such stylish, good looking people. Oh my gosh. I mean, don't you agree? agree? Oh my When you go to Seoul, aren't you just like, like the swagger levels? Yes. Next level. I have to tell you something. When I was in Korea, I was, I was blown away because I thought that the fashion was actually far and above above even New Yorkers. Oh, so much further above. And you never hear about that. You always talk about New York Fashion Week and all of that and all the trends coming from Europe and and New York. But I saw stuff that was popular in Korea when I was living there from 2009 to 2013 that started to become popular three or four years later while I was living in New York afterwards. And I was like, whoa, that was so in style like five years ago in Korea. And it's now popular. And it's men and women, right? It's like the guys are just like on some next level style. And you're just like your hair, like 
It's incredible. I have so many stories where I would go get my hair done and I'm very low maintenance, even though I care for my skin. Overall, I don't really get a lot of haircuts. I'm just like very casual. But whenever I did go to a Korean salon, I'd be surrounded by men. Oh, yeah. Getting perms. They'd be getting their haircut. And I was like, where's the women? And (sighs) they really do care about first impressions and Mm -hmm. they really do take care of themselves. Yeah. I think it's cool. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's really cool, too. Is there, though, also an obsession, though, with looking perfect? Because I did see tons Mm -hmm. of almost like you could walk in during your lunch break and get your lips plumped in. For sure. I would say it's super advanced medical tourism, even, you know, for plastic surgery and all of that. And yeah, yeah, there is an extreme. I think in every society, there's going to be a pro to being super fashionable and super on top of it and really caring about your looks and being hygienic and all of that. And then there's that other side where it's it, it goes too far and, right. and there's too much to it. And I think that there's always a sweet spot and moderation is, is mm-hmm. really important. Mm-hmm. So there's people in Korea that do a 10-step routine or that do a two-step routine. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you just, I think moderation is everything. Yeah. I love the idea of beauty being taught to you at a young age, though. I was just sharing with you that I was in Japan and even going to the onsens and seeing that it would be like the grandma, the mom, the like literal five-year-old there in the onsen too, understanding the culture of bathing. And I know that in Korea, there's like a very rich bath culture as well. And it's like for all ages. Yes, I definitely experienced the same exact thing in Korea where a grandmother was kind of exfoliating her body and then putting on lotion, just talking her through the steps. Yes. And I remember when I was going um, to any outings with my Samsung colleagues, they would be avoiding the sun. Like we'd be walking through the streets and they'd just be kind of dodging sunlight, direct sunlight. Yeah, on the shady side of the street. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, it's so top of mind for them. And it's kind of like, you know, you if you're new to skincare, you might freak out in the beginning to know that there's so many steps. Mm-hmm. But if it's part of your routine and hygiene, then right. you don't even think twice. Exactly. And that's what I hope changes in the mindset of people outside of Korea mm-hmm. uh, to just realize, hey, it's like washing your hands after you use a restroom. Exactly. Yeah. That's such a good way to put it. Or just brushing your teeth or... Yeah. I know. It is incredible, though. Aren't you still shocked to this day how many people don't wear sunscreen unless it's like a hot summer day? I know. And there's so much research and studies behind it. I think more and more it's becoming, I think people are starting to warm up to it and starting to apply it. I think that from compared to even five years ago, yeah, I definitely see there's a a change in mindset. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because people are not really open to using it, maybe because there aren't many good formulas here. True, true. I'm a big fan of Super Goop, and I feel like their formulation, especially their unseen sunscreen, changed the game, especially for women with melanin, because it was Mm -hmm. so hard to find a sunscreen Mm -hmm. that didn't leave a white cast. Definitely. And I think one of the reasons why technology for sunscreen has been around in Asia, just a lot of roles in an FDA constraints Mm -hmm. here in the U.S. from getting that stuff imported. Right. And then you can't make it with certain ingredients in the States or manufacture it with like really high tech ingredients in the states not because it's bad for you it's because they just haven't updated the laws in so long hasn't people haven't taken a look at it for so long yeah it's on the back burner you know for every administration (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) going back to your sunscreen wearing days in los angeles (laughs) growing up did you know that you were beautiful I would say that I didn't grow up thinking that, but I feel like in Korean culture, they don't really compliment you on those Mm. sort of things. I don't know if it's the same for you, but you know, when my mom complimented me on my skin, 
after I went to Korea and got my whole skincare obsession, I was shocked because she never, she rarely compliments me. I see. And I think a lot of my friends, my Asian friends talk about how that's kind of the case. Okay. Um, so th- that, you know, y- you kind of need that affirmation from like your, oh, it's, your yeah, family. A compliment from a mom is always like peak compliment. Right, right. And I just think, you know, being Asian American, I didn't really see a lot of role models in the media that look like me. That yeah, who was there really when right, you were growing up? Right. Was there anyone? No, I... Lucy, uh, Liu. Lucy Liu, maybe. <laughs> and that was when I was older in like yeah. college or high yeah. school. So, yeah, I didn't really grow up knowing that there's an Asian woman that's beautiful that I could mm. aspire to be or like a role model. So I, I didn't consider myself, you know, the most popular girl or, you know, even able to be that popular really? girl. Mm-hmm. Were, were there not many Asian women in your classes? There were, but, you know, we just didn't think in a mainstream sense that yeah. we could be noticed in that wow. way. So then going to Seoul and then being surrounded by all Koreans must oh, have yeah. been such like an affirming experience. Definitely. And it, it was really awesome because I got into Korean dramas or, um, you know, K-pop. and Love K-pop. Yeah. And I just saw their style and their hair. And I just want to emulate everything they're doing because I was just like, I didn't have that growing up. Yeah. And then now that I'm 34 and fast forward all of these years since you know, I got first exposed to that. I'm so happy to see there's so much representation and there's more embracing of of different music. You know, at, yes. at Times Square for New Year's Eve, BTS. Oh my was gosh, performing. BTS is huge. I mean, they're, they're like the biggest thing on earth. Yeah. So yeah. it's just really cool to see that transition. And you are credited with kind of bringing K beauty to the United States. Like you're kind of one of the main exporters of bringing K beauty to the US, and now it's like this huge, huge thing. Talk to us a little bit about starting Soko Glam. I did not expect Soko Glam to be a, a business and I never expected KB to take off the way it did. I just simply wanted to share what I had learned to my friends because I was doing it anyway right. when I was living in Korea. But a lot of people don't know the story, but while I was living in Korea, it was around my four-year mark. My husband, Dave, who was also living in Korea, obviously, at the time he said, you know, I want to go back to the States. I want to get my graduate degree. Yeah. And he's from LA also, right? He's from LA, okay. but you know, he's he's the army captain in the US military station in Korea. Oh, right. And so he's like, okay, I want to get my graduate degree and let's move to back to the States. And I, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go too. But then once he actually got accepted, it reality hit and I was like bawling because I knew my time in Korea would end. So yeah. I'm like, I would stay in Korea while he went to school for two years in the States. So I knew I was following him and, and going with him. And so I was so devastated because I fell in love with Korea and I basically said, oh, it would be a dream to be able to con- basically stay connected to Korea and kind of almost be like a spokesperson for Korea. Mm. And I kind of said that in passing. I didn't really, maybe I manifest by saying out yeah, loud. but definitely. I decided at that point, okay, if I'm going to leave in about six months, I want to create a hobby slash project where I can stay connected and still be up to date on the skincare trends and the beauty trends. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was like, let me curate this small little shop that has five to 10 of my favorite products. Mm. And I literally would go out to the stores. I didn't have any brand relationships. I would purchase the products at full retail value. Or sometimes if it was on sale, I was lucky. Yeah, But I would sell that through the store and it really didn't occur to me that this could be a big business. And so it was really rooted in passion. And uh, I think that's what has carried me and Dave through this entire journey. 
because we aren't we weren't trying to capitalize on a movement. We weren't trying to capitalize on this hot trend. Actually, when I went to New York and started talking about it with beauty editors, they all didn't know what KBD was. Wow. And a lot of people had said, this idea is not going to work because, first of all, people weren't buying beauty or skincare online at that time. It was very still hesitant. People were hesitant to buy beauty because they're like, oh, you got to touch and feel it. Right. Right. And it's changed so much. It's changed so much and so fast. And so we heard a lot of you know, negative comments about starting a company like Silco Glam, but it didn't matter to us because we we're like, this is not a business plan. Who cares? We're doing yeah. this for fun. And so it just took off, though. And people, I think, resonated with the authentic version of a Korean American girl just sharing what she learned. And I know that word gets tossed around a lot, like authenticity, but it truly was yeah. um, that journey. And I think that's we hope to keep that you know, going. And I love that your husband's also into skincare. Oh, my gosh. He has better skin than me. And I hate to admit that publicly, but people say that all the time. He got an award at our last uh, holiday party. Best skin award went to my husband. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> He's, too funny. So I was just like, oh, a little sad about that, but okay. <laughs> like working with your husband. I, my husband and I would kill each other if we worked together. Everyone says that about their spouses. And I don't recommend it for everyone. Because <laughs> I also got a lot of people saying, you know, I don't know if you should work together. I've seen brothers torn apart in business and all of that. But for some reason, it works for us. Mm -hmm. And I think in every co-founder relationship, when you have a yin and the yang type of situation, Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's certain things that I do better than him and certain things that he does better than me. It really works well. You would never find a co-founder that was exactly like you and does exact same things and have the same type of positive, you know, attributes. Like you guys have to fit in like a puzzle piece. And that's what my husband and I are. And and it it worked out. Love it's kind of like having our own baby. You know, we have, we've birthed two babies now. So go yes. glam and then I then met, I met you. you. So Soka Glam was founded in what year? 2012. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's been eight years. Yep. How have you seen K-beauty change in the U.S. looking back then to today? Yeah. Like I said, no one really knew what it was. It took a lot of time. And I, I came from PR, so... It helped that I had that background because I certainly couldn't afford like a peer agency for five to ten thousand dollars in right. New York City. So I did all that myself, and did then I just saw the editors were really excited about the products, thought it was so unique and differentiated, and they would write about it every day. It was it was incredible. It was so amazing to see them embrace Korean beauty, and then next thing you know. If, there's a lot of retailers that also wanted to introduce Korean beauty to their selection. And so I got to work with Sephora, Bloomingdale's, Urban Outfitters. It was really awesome to kind of spread the word and be the champion for Korean beauty yeah. in that way. And writing the book was such an amazing experience yes. because I got to, after I got my esthetician license, I got to pour my knowledge, infuse both scientific side of skincare and my Korean beauty knowledge into one and then sell and then share that through the, the book. So I love that. There's so many ingredients that I feel like I've been introduced to through K-Beauty, like snail mucus, for example. <laughs> um, I, the brand that I tried was Maison. Do you know Maison? Yeah, yeah. It's like not even expensive. Yeah, and K-Beauty is a f- fairly affordable. Very affordable. Yeah. Are there certain ingredients that you feel like you've learned about through your like journey that you feel like you want more people in the U.S. to know about? Yeah, so I think uh, fermented ingredients mm. are some of my favorite. Um, what do you of, like about fermented ingredients? I love... Um, um, the essences in Korea tend to have a lot of, of fermented ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, over 80% of the formula could contain fermented ingredients. And what I like about it is that it's natural. Mm-hmm. And um, there are some studies that show that fermented ingredients actually absorb better into your skin. Mm-hmm. So some of my favorite 
skincare products contain that ingredient. What and, are some of your favorite essences? Um, I, you know, that I met you is an yes. essence I just created and it does have over 85% fermented wow. yeast. So I needed to make sure that that formula mm-hmm. was correct because I think essence is one of my favorite steps actually. Yeah. And I think the Neogen Micro Essence is a top seller. Top, mm-hmm. Actually, it's our best selling essence on really? Glam. That one has, I believe, over 80% fermented ingredients as well. Wow. So, and, and I think people are seeing results. Honestly, when it comes to skincare, you just have to have a good product that people see results with. Otherwise, they won't repurchase it. There's too much out there right now so that the formula has to be sound. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I feel like by the time you launched Then I Met You, you had so much credibility because you have not only all of the knowledge of what sells on Soko Glam, right? So you have like hundreds of thousands of reviews and purchases. Then you have the community at the clog. So you're actually talking to people and hearing people what they care about in terms of skincare, what they like, what they don't like. So by the time you developed your own product, I'm sure the stakes were very high, one, but two, I'm sure you had a lot of pressure on yourself to get it perfect. Yes, you hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> I would say that when I first started Soko Glam, you know, it was funny, about a year and a half into Soko Glam, we were still a baby company, still a baby brand. Everyone said, well, Soko Glam's going so well, why don't you create your own product? Right. And I think that would be a natural course for a retailer or even a personality. But I was like, look, I just got started. I'm getting my esthetician license. I'm writing a book. I have no experience with product formulation and that's a whole nother beast. And so I'm glad I took my time because it's not just because you jump into it and release something quickly doesn't mean that it's always a good thing. And I think in our society, we're constantly about fast results or, you know, prime delivery one day and everyone's so impatient and not willing to actually put in the time and the effort to learn and actually grow and then produce a product. And so I was, I was glad I took my time because I don't think I would have been able to create a formula like the living cleansing balm or the giving essence. And so I actually, before I launched that I met you, I did several products with other brands that were my favorite on Soko Glam that helped a lot as well. And Yes, talking to the community, invaluable. Yes. And just carry, we have over 63 brands on Soko Glam right now. Mm-hmm. So yes, we've been through a lot of testing and a lot of focus groups. So I'm really glad that it took my time. And it really is important to focus on the actual formula versus trying to be pretty or just, you know, Instagrammable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just having a nice looking product. And I heard that a lot of the R&D labs were quite annoyed with you and your insistence on iterating and getting certain percentages. Yes. Normally, they're used to just having brands or people who may not know the ins and outs of ingredients and formulation to just kind of look through a book of different products or even, you know, samples that are trending and then uh, just provide some concept ingredients that you can incorporate to the formula to make it their own. So they're like, like, consider white labeling. So the white label. So you'd be like, oh, I love this moisturizer, but our brand's all about roses. Can we add rose into this? Yes, exactly. And so they weren't used to hearing, seeing my document of (laughs) X, Y, and Z ingredients and what percentages and all of that. So um, even like pH levels, they weren't, they're not used to to hearing those kind of requests, which was shocking to me. Especially considering that you're working with like manufacturers that work for some of the biggest skincare brands in the world. Yeah, yeah I can't speak to some of the largest companies that have their own r and I'm not sure how yeah. their process is, but, you know, there's a lot of, it was a really shocking to me, but that's why I love founder-led brands too, because I know that what kind of heart and soul they put into the brand and 
how they want to make it perfect. And sometimes, you know, again, extremes are not good. <laughs> I did get super hard on myself because I do have a reputation of curation mm-hmm. and I really wanted to uphold the level of quality and I really wanted to be meaningful experience. So with that, I met you. I did get pretty stressed about it, (laughs) I have to say. Yeah. Well, you've won all of these awards for Then I Met You and people are just obsessed with your products. I was telling you, I interviewed Rio and she was like, (laughs) I love Rio. I'm obsessed with the like cleansing balm. Then I Met You has this concept of Zhang. Yes. Pronouncing that correctly. Pronouncing it perfectly. Can you explain that? Because I think it's such a beautiful concept. Thank you. Yeah. So I guess, um, as I mentioned, I wasn't ready to rush into anything because Soko Glam is such a big part of my day and I couldn't imagine launching another thing or a brand. So um, I I was talking about it with Dave, my husband and and CEO of Soko Glam. And I said, if we're going to launch a new thing, I want it to be more than just skincare. Obviously, skincare is table stakes. It has to be a beautiful formula. But I wanted to produce a message that was inspiring to others because I feel like there's so much negativity in this world and there's something that I learned in Korea while at the same time I was learning about Korean beauty that I wanted to share. And I wanted to eventually write a book about it. But I was like, why don't I, why don't I infuse this concept of Chang, this Korean mm. cultural concept, into my skincare line? And I think that a normal person or normal brand creator would not find that easy. And it'd actually be very difficult. It is very difficult, actually, because to just sum it up. Chong is a deep and emotional connection you could have with someone. Mm. And I learned that concept while I was living in Korea. I had, I built Chong with Korea. You know, that's Mm. why I launched Soko Glam because I felt such an affinity to Korea and the people. And then I felt that way about the people who took care of me while I was in Korea. Mm. You know, they really treat, like took me under their wing, treated me like a son or or a son, (laughs) a daughter, um, or a, just like a family member. And so I just started to forge these connections and I was like, this is so beautiful. And I think this is such a big part of Korean culture. Let me share this through the skincare line. And so everything we do with Then I Met You invokes this deep and emotional connection. And we hope to inspire people by telling them tips on how to develop Chang or build Chang. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also hope to also go deeper in our formulations because it takes time. Yes. Just like how it takes time to build Chang, it takes time to build a beautiful formula. And there's no rush. We launched two products I know. in 20. 20- 18 and we didn't launch a new product for a whole year after right you only have four now right yeah, yeah so it's a small product line yeah it's and we're we're really ex- happy about the reception because look there's a lot of product out there oh especially skincare now it's, it's insane it seems like every week there's a new brand launching and it's not about a lot of product it's not about quantity it's about quality for mm-hmm. sure and sometimes that takes time so we're okay with that and, yeah. and we love taking our time because Good things take time for sure. Yes. Good for you for sticking to your guns on that and really pushing to make innovative products. I think it's a product of being able to call our own shots with Soko Glam and, yeah. and then I met you. I think people who raise early have people with other motives, you know, pushing them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I get it. It's a business at the end of the day, too. Yeah. So I understand the pressures to make decisions that they might not be comfortable with because they're being told to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like so much of a skincare journey is figuring out what are the ingredients that really work for you? Like people are now getting into like hyaluronic acid and the importance of that or understanding even what different oils do for their skin. What are some of your favorite ingredients just like on their own that you look for in all of the skincare that either you develop or buy? 
it's going to be hard to narrow it down to three. <laughs> but I would say uh, we were just talking about this. Sea buckthorn. My fave. I love sea buckthorn oil. One of my most favorite antioxidants. And it is one a very, very well studied antioxidant. Yeah. So um, I actually infused it into the living cleansing balm. And that's why it has such a vibrant orange color. So excited. Um, and it really does help with premature aging, like preventing premature aging. And it also helps with just, it's such a great ingredient that doesn't irritate your skin. I think that's another part of skincare that people tend to neglect, that although there are amazing natural ingredients out there, what actually isn't sensitizing to your skin? Yeah. So sea buckthorn is one of those awesome plant-based antioxidants that I love, love and has scientific backing. Um, and another ingredient that I love in skincare is actually PHAs. Okay. And I infuse them in a lot of products from Then I Met You because they're so gentle. I am actually not in the camp of putting such a high percentage of chemical exfoliants on your skin. Mm, because like these acids that everyone's doing now. People tend to do it and overdo it. Yeah. I think that when you have a professional in the room, I think that's fine. Like chemical peels once in a while is fine. But when you have uh, high percentages that people are taking and using at home, and they do it every day. I've had so many people email me or comment and DM me about how their skin has been ravaged by overuse of chemical exfoliants. So I love using the Korean concept of skincare, which is like really gentle formulations, really treating your skin with hydration versus going and attacking it with acids, but utilizing a slightly more sensitive, friendly acid, which is PHA. Okay. PHA is um, gluconolactone. That's one of them. I infuse it into my formulas because I still believe in the power of chemical exfoliants and acids, but having something that doesn't actually irritate your skin or is, is not as strong as your typical AHAs and BHAs. Mm -hmm. So um, one example is... Um, even for the, the soothing tea cleansing gel, we put PHA in there because it's all about cleaning your skin, but maintaining your pores, but not to the point where it's stripping your skin. Yes. It's so important to find a cleanser that cleans without stripping your skin. Yes. People need to get into that because I feel like people really like they're obsessed with this feeling of their skin being like squeaky clean. And mm -hmm. I, that just like makes me nervous even when I hear people talk about that. Right. Yeah. And I, I had that belief when I was growing up until I learned and, I, and now I know better. Yes. Are you against physical exfoliants? I feel like there's been like a recent like backlash where everyone's like physical exfoliating is the devil. Yeah, I think that it depends on the quality of the ingredient. Yes. Sometimes it's rounded. Sometimes it's actually low quality. So it has sharp edges that could lead to micro tears in your skin. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on the quality of the product, but I generally shy away from Clarisonics and yeah. those types of things because when it's powered by something that's not your hand or, mm. or it's battery powered, I feel that you can overdo it easily totally. by pressing against your skin and you don't even realize how much pressure you're putting onto your skin. But when you're using your fingers or your hands, you can feel and control it a lot better. Yeah. Um, so I'm not against it. I'm never against it, but there's always extremes each case. So if you're overdoing the chemical exfoliants or you're overdoing the physical exfoliants, then you can over exfoliate. Yeah, absolutely. What are your favorite beauty trends at the moment? I would say that I'm not really into trends. Okay. And actually that was a big part of how I curated products on Soko Glam. I felt an extreme responsibility to make sure that if I'm one, the one to introduce Korean beauty to the U.S. and globally outside of Korea, I don't want it to be based on fleeting trends. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be about what looked good on Instagram mm -hmm. that could sell like hotcakes in the right. store, but then actually didn't really Deliver. do anything to their skin or could even harm their skin. Mm. I'm actually not really into the zombie masks that like 
tighten your skin and make you look like a zombie. Oh, yeah, those are so bizarre. It's very drying for your skin and it actually is just not really doing much to your skin, only other than the effect. And yeah, it, there was a lot of choices I made that people were like, why don't you carry it? And it was so hot at the moment. Every article was written about that product, but I was just like, no, it's not good for your skin. And once they realize that, they're never going to trust you again. And so, yeah, I'm really not into trends. I would say that I do love double cleansing because it's scientifically backed. When I got my esthetician license, I was so happy to learn that the double cleansing I was doing in Korea and that technique I learned there was backed by science and that actually my school had taught me that why you need an oil cleanser first to remove oil-based impurities and then you follow it up with a water-based cleanser. And although I believe in it, I don't also push on these beliefs on anyone else. It's really up for you and your skin and how you react with it. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. For me, it works beautifully. And I really credit the double cleanse for uh, helping me with uh, reduced acne and also just have a very smooth, clean complexion before I put it on any other skincare products. Yeah. I always get confused between essences and ampules and serums. Serums, essences, ampules. Yeah. I get those three confused all the time. I, and I'm not surprised <laughs> because all of those are actually meaning similar things. They're okay. all treatment products. Yeah. So it depends on the brand and what they want to call it. Okay. So some essences in Korea, I would say essences are very watery, lightweight, used uh, with a lot of fermented ingredients. Mm-hmm. It's really about cellular turnover and helping that uh, that glow and that hydration. But look, another company in Europe could call an essence you know, their product in essence, and it could be a completely different format. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't really get wrapped up on the names. The name. Because they're all treatment products. Like a serum and an ampule could all be doing the same, similar things. It depends on the ingredients. Okay. What is an ampule though? An an ampule is usually used to describe kind of like a very concentrated formula. So meant to target specific brown spots or pigmentation or fine lines or deep lines. So it's a really concentrated skincare treatment. Got it. I feel like we can't talk about K-beauty without talking about sheet masks. Oh, yes. Sheet masks are like a big part of the Korean skincare approach. And I feel like there are so many sheet masks on the market. And sometimes it's so hard to choose. Oh, yeah. But the fun is in the variety. The fun is in the variety. Okay. How do you go about like selecting a great sheet mask for your skincare needs? I think it really depends on the ingredient list. It always goes back to the ingredient list. And I love the fact that consumers are so educated and willing to research now yes. on what's on that label. So yeah, I love sheet masks because it is, there's so many varieties. There's sheet masks that bubble up. There's sheet masks that are hydrogel or some that are microfiber. And they all really help deeply hydrate your skin. Mm -hmm. And I think that whether you have time for it every day or not, people do go back to them because they see so many results. Yes. After you have 10 minutes with a sheet mask and you peel it off, your skin is just noticeably plumper. There's just brighter complexion. And and it's just also a self-care moment. You know, you just get a relax and it doesn't cost that much. And so I, I really enjoy that process. And it is part of like the 10-step skincare routine, which I coined. I don't know if you knew I coined that. Oh, you coined the 10-step skincare routine? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that. I know that you're responsible, like you're kind of one of the big exporters of K-beauty to the U.S., but I didn't realize you coined the 10-step. Yeah, actually, I'll tell you a little backstory about that because it, it's so funny how it got viral. Um, as I was explaining about Korean beauty um, through Soko Glam, my curation, one of these L editors reached out to me and wanted to talk about it. So I, I mentioned my whole journey and I said that, my friends, like vanity, would be full with with Korean skincare products. And there were over like 10 products on her vanity. And she's like, 10 products? What could there possibly be? And so that's where I said, well, 
there was an oil cleanser, a gel cleanser, you know, and I kind of stepped, I, I gave her step by step details about yeah. the whole routine. Well, let's just say what the 10 are for everyone. Could you just yeah, go through what yeah. the 10 are? So basically it starts off with the oil cleanser, then a gel cleanser. So that's the double cleanse. Mm-hmm. Then you got your toner yep. and your essence. Yep. But in between, before even toner and the essence, you could also exfoliate, yes. which is not recommended every day. But yeah. you know, in between after cleansing, mm-hmm. you can exfoliate. Then you also have sheet masks. Yes. So sheet masks you could use as a very way, a great way to, to hydrate deeply. Yes. And then you also have an eye cream. Yep. And then there's also an ampule yes. and a serum yes. and then a moisturizer. Okay. But if you kind of put all the treatment products together, like a ampule and serum together, mm-hmm. you could also consider the 10 step a sunscreen okay. for the day. Okay. <laughs> that, it's funny because as you say that, I'm like, this seems reasonable to me. But I feel like at You the love time, skincare. Though. I love skincare. But at the time, probably, yeah, that felt like, wow, a 10 step routine is a lot. It was. And so when I was explaining to her about the whole amount of products on her vanity, she was like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, it's like a 10 step routine. And she's like, it's a 10-step Korean skincare routine. And oh, and, I I, and we should explain to the readers how to use it in, in, in succession, right? Like how you would use each product. So that's what I described and, and ended up being viral because people are like, whoa, I barely wash my face. <laughs> I use like or, a moisturizer at most. What do you mean 10? What are the 10? And so people became educated through that article. And that's all I could expect from it. People have different steps. Like I use today five steps-ish, five to six. And... It's not about the number of steps, right? but I loved how that article and how it got so viral because people became educated about what options there are out yes. there. Yeah. And so other people started doing the 10-step Korean skincare challenge, you know, and people would write articles about that. And guess what? Chances are you're going to see results because yeah. you're cleansing properly mm-hmm. and you're starting off with a clean slate and then you're hydrating and putting on different layers of great ingredients on your skin to deeply hydrate your skin, mm-hmm. you're going to see results, especially if you use, you only use like one moisturizer right, or, right. or or even not even that. So yeah. I loved that. And it was just like a, it was a moment of, of a teaching moment, I think, for skincare. I love that. I love that. Well, I feel like in all of our skincare journeys, we make mistakes, right? Because to figure out what works for your skin, you kind of also have to have these bad experiences where you're like, oh my God, why did I do that? Trial and error for sure. Trial Trial and error yeah. for sure. I make a lot of my own products. Like I'll make my own like facial serums oh, cool. and stuff, which is great. And people are like, oh, I want to do it, but I'm afraid of breaking out. And I'm like, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to learn <laughs> the hard way. You could also break out from a product you buy that's it, been, you know, which is what done I, in a factory. I always say. And then I do spot <laughs> testing and I try to do as much as I can cool. to like learn that it's not going to break me out ahead of time. But yeah, I've made mistakes. So I'd love to know from you, what are some of your biggest beauty mistakes you've made? It can be skincare or otherwise and how you've learned from them. I think a lot of my beauty mistakes have to do with makeup. <laughs> Let's hear about them. Yeah, I'm not. A, I would say that a lot of people assume that I might be like a makeup artist because I'm in the beauty world, mm-hmm. but I'm just like, I'm just skincare. <laughs> well, but you have this perfectly wing, you have perfect black winged liner on today. Thank you. That's the only thing I am confident about because I've been doing a winged liner since I was 16 and I'm now 34. <laughs> but um, I would say that I think I overplucked my eyebrows and just created mm-hmm. really scary looking sharpie eyebrows when I was growing up. Yeah. But now I've definitely learned to embrace fuller brows. And actually my eyebrows now are microbladed. I have microblading too. Such a fan. Oh my God. It's a game changer. Game changer. That's another trend that actually was in Korea that when I was back in 2009, it was so common to get microbladed. Yeah. And it's so cheap there. And then I came to New York and I feel like it really started an emergence of like microbleeding happened in the past couple of years. Is that true or am I completely? It's definitely true because so I 
like genetically like did not have eyebrows like my dad doesn't have eyebrows like I have like nothing it so, looks so natural I would never tell that you. it's microblading I got microblading for the first time in 2008 and I had to like seek it out at this like one shop in San Francisco um Korean a Korean place. yes <laughs> it was so hard to find it was like this woman um had a wait list for like it was like a six month wait list. She was making bank, making so <laughs> cash only, cash only. So she's like really making bank. And it was like this rare thing. And like I had to like wait to like go and see her. Now, when I go to get it touched up, I can like go to four different places in New York. I found a place in New York that I really like. Um, Good. But yeah, it was not when I first got it in 2008. It was like very hard to find. Yeah. Meanwhile, I was in Korea in 2009 and everyone and their moms and their husbands and boyfriends had it you yeah know, it was not a big deal it was yeah. so normal and that's why it was so affordable because it was accessible everywhere yeah yeah cool. that's so cool so any other beauty mistakes you've made yeah I, well i grew up thinking that you know when i was dealing with acne that orange bottle of cleanser that really stung my skin uh, or what's you know it called? The, pads, the clean and clear yeah, yeah. or neutrogen or something like yeah, that. yeah. I call any names but yeah. <laughs> i think everyone recognizes the orange bottle back you know if you're around my age and then there's also um like the pads that were super oh, i'll say the names if you want stridex <laughs> the stridex pads, yeah so intense so intense and just really stripping and made probably made my acne worse you know yeah. so that was definitely a mistake back in the day and i think what i love about korean beauty and the philosophy is really that they're about gentle treatments mm-hmm. even when it comes to acne i cleared out my skin and then when i hit 30 i got hormonal breakouts mm-hmm. and that was that threw me uh, into completely different space because I was like, wow, why am I at this age now having to deal with acne again? Mm -hmm. So I remember when I was curating for Soko Glam, I was looking for all of these strong acne treatments and I realized there was none in the market. And I was like, why is that? Why don't they have benzoyl peroxide or salicylic acid concentrated, Mm -hmm. you know, products? And so I realized that because they're really about gentle ways of fighting acne, Mm -hmm. even when the whole pimple patch thing that originated from Korea, if you think about it, it has nothing on there but a hydrocolloid material that will help protect your your pimple from getting germs on it. And then also it basically sucks out the the bad juices from your... Oh, is that how it works? I thought for some reason I always thought there was like a treatment on those. No, the Korean ones, no. Oh, wow. Um, now that the market has, you know, in, in the US, there's tons of pimple patches. There are ones with treatments. But now even in Korea, they do have the little microneedle patches. But guess what it's infused with? Hyaluronic acid. Oh, wow. It's about hydration and really... Because at the end of the day, you're, you're, the reason why you're getting pimple is that it's inflamed. It's irritated. It needs actual hydration and nourishment to actually... Mm-hmm heal and then hopefully you don't get it again even some of the reasons why you get breakouts is because your skin is exposed to the bacteria because you're not hydrated enough and you have little micro incisions in your skin not incisions but like your your skin barrier is not protected it's not coated it's not right yeah from the elements and so that's where you get the breakouts too oh wow i didn't know that so if you're coating and protecting moisturizing you actually have a great and healthy skin barrier, then you have less acne. So with that approach, I really like that. It's a different take on Mm -hmm. acne. Love that. For people that are kind of like, I want to have a 10-step skincare routine, but I don't have the time or the budget to do so, where do you suggest people start? Yeah. First of all, again, as I was explaining with the 10 step, it's not about you. It's not about the number of steps. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's what are your skin goals, your skin type, and what are the products that are going to best work for you? Mm-hmm. So there's no pressure at all when it comes to skincare. And secondly, if you're just getting to skincare, I actually just recommend starting out with three kind of main buckets. One is cleansing properly. Mm-hmm. So I, I do believe in double cleanse and then um, hydration. So mm-hmm 
something lightweight, like a hydrating toner or not a stringent toner, hydrating toner mm-hmm. or a hydrating essence. And then lastly, coating, protecting your skin with a moisturizer to lock and seal everything in and then a sunscreen for the daytime. So that could just be your base and then build from there. Everything else in between is a treatment product. Yeah. So if you have hyperpigmentation from acne scarring or if you have something like that, add a vitamin C serum in between. But other than that, like if you don't have any other skin goals, then just do that four step process. I always try to remind people, you don't have to feel daunted or scared scared about it. Once you get into even a four-step process, it'll be so hard to turn back. Yes, because you'll see those results and you'll be like, I want to continue this. And even what they say, I read books about how like in order to create a habit, you just got to do it two weeks in a row. And then it just, it's weird and odd when you don't do it anymore. I, I believe that skincare is so relaxing and people definitely feel the benefits of it just mentally and physically that... It really does become, I understand why people become obsessed with skincare and our whole community at Soko Glam in the clog, they're obsessed <laughs> uh, and I and I could get it completely because I'm one of, I've been through that journey. And also just a little side note, I love to mention that when it comes to makeup, you easily put on five or six different products. So true. So skincare, it, it may sound like really scary saying 10, but I've done a whole like eight step routine in five minutes, less than five minutes. Yeah. It, as long as you're not putting a sheet mask on, yeah. it really, you know, it really is quick. It's just like, yeah. boom, boom, and boom, I, boom, you're done. And I told you earlier what my big sheet mask hack is, where I put on a sheet mask before I go in the shower. Yes, I love cut it. down on the time. <laughs> I know. I feel like you need to explain that more. And yeah. I, I want to interview you for that. Well, <laughs> it's just, I realized that by like sitting around and laying with the sheet mask, which is so bad because I should be more patient. It was like just taking too much time and I have to shower anyway. So I just do the sheet mask. Before I get into the shower, let the steam of the shower do its thing and then come out. I think that's so genius. And I agree, especially since you said you use a sheet mask in the morning. Yeah. Like if you want that glow in the morning when you're going to meet a bunch of people, like that's a great hack. Yes. What about on the other end for people that want to be extra? Because I feel like in Korea also, there are all of these amazing treatments like microneedling, um, laser facials. Like what are like the extra treatments that you think are like really innovative? I think Korean women are just so invested in their skincare routine and their skin that they're just good at maintaining. Mm. So they go to the dermatologist two times a year, even though they have no issues. Like I think the culture in America is like you go because you have a a a crazy issue, right? And so you need, need medication. So I think maintenance and just constant monitoring, they're really good at that. They, they zap their moles. Like they have a random mole and they're going to go do something about it. And Mm -hmm. it's like microblading or they just know that there's little hacks to make their beauty routine really easy or efficient. And I think that they're really good at just figuring out, I'm going to invest in a sheet mask a day. You know, sheet masking a day is every day is a real thing in Korea. Really? They call it, there's actually like a hashtag. It's like one pack one day. And it's this movement of like, wow, when you actually sheet mask every day, you do see a noticeable difference in your skin because you're just pumping your skin with hydration. Yeah. Um, And so there's people who are very committed to that. And one thing I saw about sheet masks in Japan that made me feel really good, because I do worry about the amount of packaging and like sometimes sheet masks don't feel that sustainable to me. What I love seeing in Japan are like these almost like imagine like a baby wipe container. Like there would be these massive containers with like 30 sheet masks in one package. And I was like, this is brilliant. Yes. And I totally know which what you're talking about. Yeah. I was in Japan. And I saw that. And quickly soon after I saw in Korea also have very similar like tissue box like. Yes, packaging. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I see that more and more. We curated a few on Soko Glam. And then there's also I've been talking to some to some major sheet mask manufacturers in Korea 
who literally produced the like billions of sheet masks, um, they are actually coming up with some tech where the sheet mask is biodegradable. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so there's stuff on the way. It just takes time. And I know that right now, sustainability is huge in every industry. Mm-hmm. I would say beauty is going to be the biggest topic, I think, for the next decade is sustainability for beauty as well. And I think that it is going to take some time. I think it's progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, and believe it or not, if you do try to get instant perfection, instant st- sustainability for products, it's going to cost a lot. Just yeah. because there's not a lot of manufacturers who do it. Right. And it's just very expensive to produce. So it'll get there. Yeah. It'll get there. Yeah. I'm hopeful about it. Final question. I feel like I could talk to you literally all day about skincare and no, beauty. No, this has been amazing. <laughs> um, when do you feel most beautiful? What really gets me up every morning with Soko Glam with Then I Met You and being in the skincare industry is that it's super inclusive. And I think that it's inclusive because you're basically treating your skin and <laughs> Skin is skin. doesn't matter how old you are, what sex you are, what color you are. Mm-hmm. Skin is skin. And so I truly believe that when someone compliments you on your skin, it is so powerful. Yeah. And I noticed that myself in my own journey when my, I told you my mom complimented me on my skin. It made me feel so good because she was complimenting me and not an outfit, a lip color, mm-hmm. something that's not part of you. It's like literally you're putting it on because it's not a part of your, it's not your limb. It's like... It's an additional accessory. And so when you have a bare face and someone compliments you on your skin, it's so nice. It makes you feel great. It boosts your confidence and it, it just makes you feel proud. And so I noticed that I wasn't the only one feeling this because a lot of people email Soko Glam not only to ask about skincare questions, it's also to share about their journey. Mm-hmm. It's about what they experience and why they talk about it with their friends and evangelize about Soko Glam and their journey with us and say that my husband who never notices anything had told me that my skin looks so bright and smooth. Mm-hmm. And that was like awesome to hear that. And we actually share these messages we get on our Slack channel. So everyone in the company can kind of enjoy these That's comments great. that come through and people who have had um, special needs children and their bonding experience with them every night doing their skincare routine and just, you know, people of all ages, like people who are 60 said, like, I never had a skincare routine and I thought it was too late for me. And I can't believe I see there's so many results and so many strangers compliment me on the street. Yeah. And that just like gives us all chills. And I love that part of the, the skincare industry. And that's a, why Soko Glam is so focused on the skincare journey. We're never trying to be pushy or salesy through the skincare journey. We actually offer free skin consultations that are through text messaging and you, it's called skin skin concierge. If you go on our site, it's a big part of our website. You just book text message consultation. Our skin expert will reach out to you oh and really give you a, a whole routine, whether you want a two to 10 step or whatever routine, it's based on your lifestyle, your needs, your concerns. I and so that. that's, you know, what we want to provide it. No other skincare site is focused on this or has that service. And it's very difficult to actually have that service because there's a lot of, actually we are booked out for, three weeks in advance, you know, and we even have um, agents in Korea that are servicing their skincare consultations as well, just so that we have more time slots available throughout the day and throughout the evening. And so that's, you know, part of our mission. Our mission is to help all people believe there are only good skin days ahead. And so we want to continue that and we want to kind of just 
put a lot of programs in place to help them. And that's why we have the clog as well, which is all about that skincare content and education. Yes, I love that. So beautiful, Charlotte. Well, congratulations on building such an incredible brand and community around skincare. I find it to be so inspiring. It was so fun to talk to you because you seem to know so much about skincare. And now I'm going to I'm going to try your hack about the sheet mask. Yes, definitely try. (laughs) Definitely try it. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I will be back with a new episode next week and I will put information in the show notes where you guys can learn more about SoCo Glam. You can follow Charlotte. Great follow on Instagram, by the way. And yeah, I'll be talking also about this new cleansing duo that I just received on the Instagram account, Naked Beauty Planet. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I just adore Charlotte. I hope you guys learned as much as I did. Takeaway number one is that Seoul, Korea is just a very different place culturally than America is. And when it comes to beauty, they take it seriously. Whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're young or old, there are these ingrained things about Korean culture where skincare is really prioritized. When she talked about how people will walk on the other side of the street to avoid the sun, that's just a fundamental difference in how we live life. I also loved when she talked about the fact that Korean women will see their dermatologists twice a year whether they have a skincare concern or not, it's just seen as regular maintenance. Having a skincare routine is like brushing your teeth or washing your face. It's just what you do. The second takeaway I got from Charlotte was to look for fermented ingredients and essence. She is a big believer in fermented ingredients. The Neogen Essence is one of the top sellers on Soko Glam, as well as the essence that she's developed, of course, from Then I Met You, lots of fermented ingredients. So start looking out for that as you read the labels on your products. The third takeaway that I got was as she was talking about developing Then I Met You, and she talked about how most brands are kind of white labeling products, right? So they go to these chemists that develop products, but they're just kind of picking from a menu and just saying, okay, I want this moisturizer and then make it this color and then add our signature scent. And how rare it is to have a founder to come in and basically say, no, this is the pH level I want. I want this percentage of this acid. I want this level of this. And I'm not taking no for an answer. And when she talked about the fact that that's why she really loves founder-led brands, that's something that I'm going to start looking at more. When I look at skincare brands, looking at founder-led brands, because that founder, like you could hear from Charlotte, has put so much passion into creating their ideal product. So yeah, I do believe as fabulous as the Estee Lauders and L'Oreal's of the world are, I do believe that there is just a attention to detail and quality and like passion that goes into smaller indie founder-led brands. 
The fourth thing that I learned from her was the concept of Chung. So that deep emotional connection that you can have with someone and this being a very Korean concept, but something that you can bring into your daily life and your skincare practice and your skincare routine to develop a deep emotional connection with the products that you really love. I have my holy grail products that I use over and over and over again. And I do feel really deeply emotionally connected to them. Another takeaway, sea buckthorn being just one of the best ingredients in the world. She loves it because it prevents premature aging. It's so antioxidant rich and it doesn't irritate your skin. It's just this wonderful plant-based antioxidant. I buy my sea buckthorn oil pure. I buy it from Mountain Rose Herbs. I think they make really high quality cold pressed oils and I add it to argan oil or grapeseed oil for a nice facial serum. And you can buy this in a lot of great products that are sold in stores. Another takeaway, PHAs. PHAs were new to me. I didn't know about them before I talked to Charlotte about them, but she likes PHAs because they're gentle and effective, but they're still a good chemical exfoliant. I thought her take on physical exfoliants was illuminating. So she didn't say they're categorically bad, but she was saying that physical exfoliants, when they're like a machine, like a Clarisonic, it's really hard because you don't have your hands to gauge pressure, whether it's too hard or too soft, you can really overdo it. And we know that over exfoliating can really damage your skin barrier. So you have to be super careful. The fact that double cleansing is backed by science was another takeaway that I got from her. You need an oil-based cleanser to remove oil impurities. So it was great to hear and learn from her that double cleansing does in fact have science behind it. Okay, and the eighth takeaway, just getting her to outline definitively what the 10-step skincare routine is. She is the person that pretty much coined this term. It is oil cleanser, gel cleanser, exfoliating, toner, essence, sheet mask, eye cream, Ampule, which is a concentrated treatment, serum, moisturizer, or it could be sunscreen. And then the fact that I love when she brought up this point where she's like, oh, a 10 step skincare routine sounds like so much to some people, but think about how many steps your makeup is. And that is so true. I'm doing at least 10 steps when it comes to doing my makeup. I can do the same for my skincare. Number nine, that microblading is an absolute game changer. I couldn't agree with this more. I've had my eyebrows microbladed for the longest time. I think it makes such a huge difference. And clearly women in Korea have been up on this for decades. Takeaway number 10, the reason that you get breakouts can often be because your skin is not hydrated enough. Moisturizing can kind of coat your skin and create a protective barrier. So a lot of times people think acne has to do with things happening under the surface of the skin. But a lot of times it's just because your skin is not hydrated enough. Takeaway number 11, sheet masking in the morning gives you all day glow. And if you're worried about sustainability when it comes to sheet masks, that's a big concern of mine. There are multi-pack sheet masks that you can buy where there are multiple sheet masks in a single package, almost like a tissue box. And the final takeaway that you can book personalized skin consultations on Soka Glam. I think this is so wonderful. And it's, again, just democratizing access to skincare. It's giving you a chance to get third-party objective advice on your skincare routine, have someone really assess and look at what you're doing. And that just makes me so happy to hear because you can tell that she is a founder that truly believes in a deeper mission. And this is like really proving her mission out in a service that they offer. So go ahead and book your skin consultation. I am going to be doing the same. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed and you will hear from me soon with a new episode. Thanks so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.